This is Growing Local, stories from ASAP about the local food community. I'm Jen Nathan Orris. Okay, big pine. I'm hunting the ghost of tobacco farming with Taylor Barnhill from the Appalachian Barn Alliance. We're going to come back to this barn. I need to turn around to get back down. The driveway's a little tricky. As we drive around the tight curves and steep hillsides of Madison County, we see dozens of old barns teetering on the edge of the road. The wooden boards are worn and faded, vines climb up the sides, and many of the barns look like they haven't been touched in a hundred years. This is the John Shelton log tobacco barn. I I love the story behind this. Though the tobacco leaves hanging from the rafters are long gone, each barn holds a story of resilience, ingenuity, and hard work. We walk over wet leaves to get a better look at the barn, which has been standing beside a rushing creek since the 1930s. John and his daughter-in-law, Pearl, built this barn. You can look at these logs. They're very straight, very round. They're just beautiful. There's 100 logs in this barn. They didn't have a tractor or all the heavy equipment to to build this barn. So John and his daughter-in-law, Pearl, went way over the the mountain here to the Doe Branch Valley, where there was apparently this stand of very straight white pine trees, and cut these 100 trees, dragged them back with a team of mules, maybe as much as two miles. So where would they have been growing the tobacco um, that they would have dried in that barn? Well, some of it right where we're standing. This is less than a tenth of an acre we're standing in, but it's flat, and uh, they would have grown it here. Uh, and they would have grown it all around these hillsides, uh, anywhere they could find a cleared spot, that's where they grew the tobacco. Tobacco was grown by thousands of families in Madison County and other areas of western North Carolina. It didn't take much land to grow enough tobacco to sell at auction, which paid for property taxes, barn repairs, and other necessities. Farming tobacco was a point of pride for many people. Neighbors and friends came together to harvest the crop and hang it in these barns to cure each fall, swapping stories while they worked late into the night. Growing tobacco also gave people resources to be independent. The women would often have their own tobacco patch, like that little piece of ground across the creek over there, that long, narrow piece, might be the wife's tobacco patch. That was her own. She grew it, she maintained it, and... uh, The money she got from the sale was for her and her only. And it was common for the woman of the house to have her own tobacco patch. Tobacco farming isn't completely gone in Madison County. Taylor Barnhill takes me to one of the last working tobacco farms in the area. We get out and take a look at Allen's barn. Mist hovers over the hillside. Two massive white horses emerge and lean their heads over the fence. He's one of the last farmers in the county that still uses horses. And there's, there's two of the draft horses. He has at least four white draft horses. Let's peek in there and just see if we can see any tobacco hanging. He's, he is very hospitable. He, he says, just come on anytime you want. You smell that hay? Oh my gosh. That smells so good. So I'm not seeing any any tobacco left, but these are all of his uh, tobacco cutting knives. Some of these are ancient. This is how you cut the stalk of tobacco. 
man he has a huge collection of them I've never seen two four six eight ten tobacco knives so that tells you that when he's ready to cut he's got a small army of, of neighbors out there helping him Taylor knows of three farmers in the county still growing tobacco but that number is dwindling every year Alan here says that was the last crop he's going to grow he grew it right there and a lot of these farms are being bought by folks moving into the area. What does the next generation look like for these old barns in Madison County? I went over to Root Bottom Farm just a few miles away, where Sarah Jones Decker invited me inside their barn to talk. So, uh, you are in our tobacco barn, which we fondly call the Garlic Pearl. And it's a two-story tobacco barn that was built in 1974. It's a traditional pole barn. Uh, you can actually look across the road and see the big hole in the forest where they cut all the pine trees down and drug them here. Unlike the other barns I saw today, this one is full of activity. We use this for our harvesting, for our drying. We have a walk-in cooler in here now and we also, instead of hanging tobacco, of course we hang uh, garlic. Root Bottom Farm grows more than a dozen varieties of garlic, which is why they named the barn the Garlic Pearl. They also grow berries, microgreens, and fields of root crops. Sarah, who is originally from rural Virginia, and her husband Morgan, who is farming in Utah, started their farm in Madison County because it reminded Sarah of where she grew up and because it's a lot easier to grow produce in this climate. Sarah says the farm was in rough shape when they bought it in 2011. It took a lot of work to revive the land and renovate the barn. Just like the tobacco farmers before her, Sarah relies on her own skills to maintain it. We repaired the roof this year, so I was up on the roof. I painted the roof and repaired all the holes. In years past, Root Bottom Farm has used their barn for agritourism. Dozens of people sat inside the barn or outside under the stars, passing plates of food made by a local chef. The fruits and vegetables were grown within eyesight, and the meat came from other farms just down the road. It really is something special to gather around the table, especially when you're like 100 feet from where the food was grown. The farm is gearing up for another busy season. This year, they'll focus on growing more fruits and vegetables, making jam and garlic butter, and selling them at farmer's markets. I think there's a lot of people who are working hard out here and a lot of people who are taking these properties and giving them a second chance. I mean, I could list 20 of my friends in my age group that are doing this exact same thing right now. The crops hanging from the rafters are different, but the bonds formed in these barns remain the same. When you're standing in one of these 150-year-old barns, you can imagine all the sounds of the, of the livestock, the chickens, the ducks, the children everywhere. Everybody knew what their job was and they all did it as a family and as a community. Learn more about the history of tobacco farming and the future of local food at asapconnections.org.